you ever hit a bump in the road, I'd be willing to bet that everyone listening to this could answer yes to this question. A bump could be anything from losing your glasses, not being able to accomplish something, or stepping out of your comfort zone. Really just anything that interrupts your day-to-day life. We have both had many bumps in our roads. Come vibe with us as we reflect on our pasts. Hi, I'm Connor. And I'm Calvin. And welcome to our podcast, Bumps in the Road. As always, don't forget to like and subscribe or you'll sleep with a warm pillow. I've stepped out of my comfort zone many times in my life. This is something that almost everyone could say, even if they don't know it. Most times, it's just something minor, like trying a new food or talking to someone I've never met before. These generally do not have a huge effect on my life. The instances where my life does get affected usually take a lot more effort and planning than putting a piece of food in my mouth. One example of this is when I came to Dairyfield for my freshman year. It all started once my older brother Ryan came to Dairyfield in his freshman year. Ever since he started, my mom had been talking about how I might want to go to Dairyfield for high school as well. I had always just sat there nodding, but never really considered it. I went a while without thinking about it, but eventually my mom brought it up again. She said I had to take a test if I wanted to apply for the next year. After hearing that it was a requirement, I just decided to take it in case I changed my mind. I was nervous to take the test as I was with any test, but this one was different. There was actually something on the line if I were to do badly. I was put in a group of people that were around my age and led up a flight of stairs. The room that we finally settled in made me feel like I was trapped as soon as I walked in. Looking back on the occasion, I only thought of the room this way because I was comparing it to the large rooms at my old school. Now that I actually go to Dairyfield, it doesn't bother me at all. The test that I had to take wasn't too hard, but I got distracted and didn't have time to answer many of the questions. By the end, I thought I did really badly, but I wasn't very upset. After the test, I didn't think about Dairyfield at all for a couple of months until my mom asked me an important question. Do I want to apply? At first, I wasn't sure what to say to this question. I could go and potentially be at a better school, or I could stay where I was comfortable. Once my mom told me that I could apply but decide later if I actually planned on going, I decided to fill out an application. I struggled to find answers for the questions such as, what are some of your special talents, or What do you see yourself doing in the future? And it made me believe more that Dairyfield was not a good place for me. At that point, I was starting to see the pros and cons of each school, but was leaning towards Bedford mainly because I was already familiar with it. On one hand, if I switched schools, I would have smaller classes and get a better education overall. On the other hand, if I stayed where I was, I would get to be with my friends and attend school closer to home. 
was a couple months after finishing my application that I finally heard back from the school about if I was accepted or not. The letter came in an envelope that was bigger than any other in the mailbox, so I had an easy time making out what it was. I wasn't worried too much about what was in the envelope because I didn't have my heart set on going anyway. My parents wanted to read the letter with me, so I took it over to the living room couch. I slowly removed the piece of paper from the large envelope, looking for the answer to the question we'd all had on our minds. After not seeing anything on the first side, I flipped the paper over. Right there in front of my eyes was the answer that I was waiting for. I'd been accepted. There was a mild celebration by my parents, but I didn't show much excitement. For someone who wasn't sure if they wanted to go to Dairyfield, getting accepted just gave me a hard decision to make. Part of me felt like getting rejected would have made everything easier, but now it was time to make the big decision. What was I going to do? I went back and forth with my parents about the pros and cons of going, and I still wasn't sure. It was only after I heard that a few of my friends were also going that I made my decision. I would go for one year to see if I liked it, and if I didn't, I would go back to where I was originally planning on going. It's been almost two years since I came for my first day at Dairyfield, and a lot has changed. Instead of wanting to go to another school, I would now never think about going anywhere else. Throughout my months at Dairyfield, I have heard many stories about Bedford High School that made me glad I decided to come here. In my first couple weeks, I was able to make a bunch of new friends, meet my teachers, and get acquainted with a completely new schedule. My parents also have a much easier time because my two brothers and I all go to the same place. Dairyfield will provide me with a great education, strong friendships, and a supportive community until I graduate. Well, Connor, that was very moving of you. I guess taking risks can actually pay off sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes the risks you take can lead to even more risks that might come in the future. For example, in my case, I moved over the summer, in part because I go to Dairyfield and have the ability to, but I took a risk moving to my new home, and I really liked the old house and didn't want to leave. That sounds very interesting. Can you set the scene for your old house? to describe my house, I'd say it had the lush backyard with the moisture of Shrek's swamp, the sort of beat-up grass patch that seemed lonely in a land of grass plenty, the strong slope from top to bottom that created a great home for moisture and life down below, a soft landing stop for falling off the sled or a snowball to the head. When you're looking up from the ground, you see the long oak trees seemingly guiding your eyes to the patchwork of the blue sky and clouds, looking like a well-known painting. A perfect backdrop for the birds' playful pirouetting and elegant movements. Getting back up to hit golf balls into the makeshift net, the sound on impact was one of a gunshot, a sound you would hear often from the yard across the way. The wildlife that frolicked in the woods beyond, playing in their own way, reenacting my own family's life just beyond the line of trees, a barrier that wasn't meant to be crossed. This array of backdrops for different life forms to enjoy their lives, specifically the beat up deck by the house, 
allowed for a child's mind to be filled with memories. My mind often shifts to the thoughts of the activities and scenes that played out on the property. The casual outside lunches for a nice day or in the wintertime, jumping off the back edge into the pile of snow that was just deep enough that you wouldn't get hurt, but would still scare you enough to have a little fun. The deck laid just in sight of the kitchen for my parents to break up fights or to put a band-aid on a cut. Sometimes I could hear the music from the TV through the door, many times the Masters Tournament, which I demanded stay on 24-7 for the four days it was played. Come Christmas time, the tree set up in the back corner, the music playing in the background, and maybe a little Charlie Brown on the TV. The boxes wrapped up and against the sliding glass door. One time, Taylor made Spider Tour Putter, a club that would soon change my putting for the next five years and on. I would immediately run upstairs to put some golf balls to a hockey puck on a carpet that was just thin enough to let the ball roll smoothly. The break of maybe one inch from right to left. This always led to my brother's, Owen's room, which would soon be my own. A room that was very loud, a volume at which you could put on earmuffs and still hear everything clear as day, especially in the later years of owning the house. The activity was sometimes filled with the replacement of the roof multiple times. A tree that had crashed against the house in the middle of the night awaking everyone in the house with a sudden jolt of sound. It would be the cost and constant fixing of the room and the rest of the house that would be the detriment to our family living in it. Our parents were always looking for a new house, even from the minute we got there, like they were looking for a brighter future somewhere off in the distance. Eventually, when our grandmother decided that she would be moving in with us, it all seemed to fall into place. A house in Litchfield, with a pool, more space, and a functional, functional leech field. These luxuries were discovered, and the decision to move was made. we went for a visit. We rolled up on a nice Saturday afternoon. There was a row of trees that seemed to block the near side of the house from view. It also seemed out of place. Once we pulled up to the side of the street, we walked across the lawn to the red door that seemed out of place from the daisy yellow siding of the house. Walking up the stairs to the second floor, I remember thinking how it looked like most other houses in New Hampshire that I had seen. The stairs just to the, your left, right when you walk in, to the left of that, a room that was big enough for a TV or a table. On your right, a room that seemed to be there for no apparent reason other than for a statistic on Zillow.com. The bigger kitchen added to the glamour of the house, along with the extra storage space and a pool. The setting of the family room was like a black blank canvas, ready to be filled with joyous thoughts. Sometimes, to me, however, this house seemed like a loss of uniqueness, a falling into place of what everyone else was doing and what was expected by others in the town. On paper, it may have been better, but sometimes there's joy in old, crappy things. 
The old house had a riveting door, the cracks in the wall, and the blotched paint, all marks left on the old house of those who had lived there before, like a bookmark in the history books. It's like breaking in new shoes. You don't want the new shoes because the old ones are molded to your feet and have this unimaginable comfort. However, they are falling apart and you need new ones. It seems so simple and meaningless, but it all had the meaning in the world to me. In some ways, it is a feeling of leaving something good behind, and in a way that you don't want to happen, but is inevitable. to say the best way this can be described is in the song More Than My Hometown by Morgan Wallen. In this song, Morgan sings on behalf of the boyfriend of a girl who is going off to college. The boyfriend is reflecting on what he loves about his hometown and the little moments that he enjoyed with his family and friends that made him proud of where he grew up. There is a line in the song that I think is really touching and really harps on the point of keeping things the way they are. Morgan sings, I ain't the runaway kind, I can't change that. My heart's stuck in these streets like the train tracks. City sky ain't the same black. Ain't that a map thought shame, man, to think that. This really speaks to the struggle of moving on because it shows the conflict of thoughts. Specifically, the line, heart's stuck, really jumps out because it describes how the soul and character are shaped in the early years of life. The house had taken the wrath of my brothers and I to create a picture of who we are, kind of like Plato. Yes, there may be something better on the other side, and yes, it may make day-to-day life better. However, the something that is happening in the present has shaped the person that has used it. It has been a part of big moments in a person's life to the point where it is hard to let go. I have felt this at times with personal belongings, experiences, and with my old house. It was tough because there was so much more available to me in the new house with a pool, ping pong table, more space, and a more enjoyable environment but I was able to find joy in the struggle of the old garden hose that I had to turn a certain distance, but not too far because it wouldn't turn on, or the windows that allowed a draft through the whole house and that kept the house freezing cold in the winter. Even the ceiling, which had a little speck of Coca-Cola from an explosion in the kitchen, just felt like it was all going to go away and that I would never be able to revisit those memories. happy spots of my life, they didn't deserve to just be thrown away like a soda can being thrown to the sidewalk, just be tossed and turned over by another nature. Maybe I was afraid of forgetting about them, losing my past in an effort for a better future, only to realize that it wasn't better. Maybe I was afraid of getting Alzheimer's, I mean, family doesn't have a history of developing the condition, but history always starts with firsts, so I don't know what to think. I saw a 60 Minutes episode of a lady with Alzheimer's, and her condition had deteriorated so much that she couldn't even remember her husband's name. However, the music she listened to as a kid was able to jog her memory. Soon after, even the music had slipped from her memory. The loss of a toy as a kid and crying about it turned to fear of losing my childhood, and I was holding on to these moments like the railing of a roller coaster. Sometimes, you just have to have fun. Sometimes, you just have to let loose and let go of the bar and trust that the seatbelt is going to keep you safe. Do you have any experiences similar to mine, Connor? Believe it or not, I actually have a story that's a lot like yours. Why do you say that? We were both hesitant to make a change, but they ended up impacting our lives in a positive manner. 
What kind of change did you make in your life? I guess you'll have to listen and find out. I'll tell you the story. Another example of when I stepped out of my comfort zone is when I moved to Hong Kong for about two years when I was 11. My family and I were out at a restaurant one night when my dad brought up the idea of possibly moving to Hong Kong. He said that we would have to be leaving in August of that year. From the moment I heard that for the first time, I was opposed to the idea. I knew that it was because of my dad's job and it would benefit our family, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. Just like with Dairyfield, I went a couple of months without thinking about the idea at all. I was living a normal life. But right when I least expected it, my dad brought up Hong Kong again. I knew that since he brought it up a second time, it wasn't just a crazy thought. He was actually considering going through with it. I decided it was time to let my friends know about what could be happening, and most of them wanted me to stay. At this point, I understood that it didn't have much of a choice about if we would be going or not. It was completely up to what my parents wanted. I tried to explain to them what I thought, but they just kept saying it would be a great experience for me. I didn't believe them at the time. As it got closer to the end of school, I started to believe more and more that the plan might actually be happening. school year went by quickly and it was soon time for what could possibly be my last summer before moving. I had no idea how I wanted to spend my last months. The only thing that I knew I wanted to do for sure was go to my friend's lake house. I'd been going there for the past couple of years and it was always one of the highlights of my summer. While I was there, I got a text from my dad saying that they had made a decision. We were moving. I wasn't too upset because I had seen this coming for a while. I would have been surprised if we had ended up staying. Something that was now necessary was preparing for the move. There were many suitcases to pack and one big shipping container to fill. It felt like I was packing my life away into a couple of bags to bring somewhere else. Eventually, the time came to go to the airport. I've been there many times before, but it felt different. It was weird knowing that I wouldn't be coming back to the same airport anytime soon. We made our way to the boarding gate and I sat down at some open seats until it was time to board. The flight was around 16 hours long and very boring. The only thing I could think of to do for that long is sleep. After almost two years of living in Hong Kong and another four to reflect on it, I can confidently say that it was a great experience, something that my parents were trying to convince me of for a couple of months originally. I would say that the biggest takeaways are the memories I have collected. Whether they be from school, home, or one of the great trips I was able to take, I will be able to share them with my friends and family for the rest of my life. Speaking of friends, I was also able to make many friendships that I will never forget. Learning about the culture of China was exciting, especially when it was surrounding a major holiday. I would not trade my experience in Hong Kong for anything due to the massive impact it has had on my life.
I guess we both had some pretty similar experiences. We both went into a situation that we weren't happy about, but it ended up benefiting us in the long run. We both could be different people if we hadn't gotten ourselves into these situations. If I had never moved, I probably wouldn't have got my job and lived next to a golf course like I do now. And I wouldn't have the knowledge of other countries that I have today. For all of you listening at home, it's not a bad thing to go outside your comfort zone. A lot of the time, these bumps in the road are things that you can't avoid, and it's healthy to have them. You never know, these annoyances could turn into a breakthrough moment in whatever you are doing. Yeah, have a good night, and we'll see you next time on Bumps in the Road.